Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Femba can go to hell. Topical talk, outspoken opinion and inspirational conversation on the hour of badass power. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators but no one compares. Minter, Campbell and Sexton are your all new Saturday night super squad. Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. One, two, three, four. the badass women's hour three women one hour all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass i'm harriet minter and we're here on talk radio with my wonderful co-host the lovely emma sexton hello harriet hello my darling welcome back happy new year happy new year to you too how has your week been uh it's been really full-on actually i think last week i had that like mild anxiety of like oh my goodness i've got to try and do all this again generate revenue achieve all the things I want to achieve and then this week it's been back to 100 miles an hour so it feels good it feels good welcome back and my other fabulous co-host the original badass Miss Natalie Campbell hello lovely hello how are you I am good how are you yeah really good I'm fresh back from a yoga retreat I was at the Vikasa yoga retreat in Koh Samui in the middle of a monsoon so at the same time as cleansing my chakras and having singing bowls rolled all over me and candle gazing and being <laughs> vegan. But obviously I chose somewhere with bio-organic wine because I was not giving that up. Uh, the so, little things in life. Yeah, exactly. So I've, I've come back and I'm, I'm ready to go, feeling very calm and centred-ish. Although you did have a near-death experience on the way home. I did. And I, I'm, I'm a newly nervous flyer. And one of the, the flights that I was taking from the island over into Bangkok... I basically the way it was going down and it was a really weird situation because I made peace with dying because I think about it often and the bit that scared me the most was what it would be like to be in the plane going down so yeah that was interesting and the next 12 hour flight was slightly interesting too but I'm in recovery. They're in recovery. And yeah. he's still alive, which is all that matters. I know. So still alive. Have you got a renewed zest for life? <laughs> now you nearly lost your life. <laughs> so, yeah. So I made obviously loads of, after it, I didn't die. I was then like, oh my God, these are all the things that I can now do with my life. <laughs> I've been given here. another chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank God that Natalie has been given that other chance so that we can now have our Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio every Saturday night at 8pm. We're going to be here hopefully livening up your Saturday evenings and giving you our news, our views and opinions on the news 
and everything that's happened in the last week. Um, we tend to be fairly frank and honest, and I think we're going to keep that up. So first up, biggest news story of the week, I think. The sheer madness that was the Trump press conference. What was that all about? What was going on there? Emma, did you watch it? Do you know what? I kind of didn't. This Trump stuff is just like, it's just becoming white noise to me. It is just so ridiculous. I, I, I'm i not really paying attention, I've got to be honest. So did you see that during this press conference, I mean, he called this press conference to address the fact that there have been some, how can we put this, salacious Oh, I definitely heard about that bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We all heard about that bit. Uh, Slash's discoveries about his personal life and things that he may or may not have been doing in a hotel room at, uh, I think it was the Miss Universe pageant, with some friendly women. Oh, he is just an incredible, incredible human and, being, isn't he? <laughs> he really is. But he called this press conference to try and kind of, you know, put out there what he thought about it. And rather than doing what most people do, which would be like, this is my side of the story, quite reasoned, quite calm... He just turned around and told CNN, who'd kind of launched this story, that they were fake news and he wasn't going to take any questions from them. I mean, astonishing. I find that really funny, though, like in terms of just shutting the noise down. I mean, how do you respond to that as CNN? Like, it's it's humorous in a way. It is humorous, but it's also bonkers. He didn't just say it about CNN. He said it about the BBC. Now, the BBC, they're an institution. I know, but I'm with Emma on this one. I think he he understands that he has an audience of, of voters and people that believe when he says it's rubbish and it's rubbish because you're not a legitimate organisation. They actually believe that, and he knows it and he plays on it. And I, again, I'm I'm slightly tired of of the new things that come out because it's not going to change the fact that he will be the next president of the United States of America. No one has made any moves to do anything to impeach him. And I I feel scared for the moment that he decides that something in history didn't actually quite happen or that policy that's been there to protect the world doesn't make sense. And, you know, the American never signed up to it because someone didn't give him the paperwork. That's the bit where I'm going to be like, okay. Although I did hear a great idea the other day, which was apparently everyone's urging Barack Obama to resign the day before the inauguration so that Joe Biden can be president for a day. So apparently Donald Trump has all his kind of souvenirs decked out with Donald Trump, 46th president of the United States, (laughs) all ready to go. And they're just going to shoot Biden in there for a day. So he's got to do it all again. That would be hilarious. But then it's just turning politics into a a comedy show. It's just not okay. But that's, that's where it is. I think... The next four years for politics is going to be so interesting because it's at its lowest ever place in, in, in terms of what we've experienced, not just in the US, but also here in terms of lies and um, the the way, I think the way that politics and media have played and worked together over, over this period, the public do not necessarily trust what um, what's out, what's what's out there. And have we, have we created a world where the public don't even care? They don't care if it's fake news, in quotes, or whether it's real. Well, that's it. It's got so extreme now. I think you just get desensitised to it. So, you know, there's some really extreme stories coming out, but they're just not, they're just not 
uh, random now. They seem to be like every week or every day. So when you, you can just, eye roll, yeah, and you're a like, Trump oh, here story. we go again. Yeah, then it's not even apathy. It's a whole new, and that's that's what I mean. Where where's the ability to hold someone to account based on knowing that that thing did actually happen and this is being reported fairly? And as someone in the public, I can contribute or listen yeah. to this. That's the bit and that care about me. it. Yeah. yeah, I've stopped kind of caring about a lot of this stuff because it's become noise. Actually, that's a really great point because we have stopped caring, haven't we? We've stopped caring about our news. We've really stopped caring about our politicians. We don't have a lot of faith in them anymore. But one thing that really gave me a little bit of faith this week was Obama's speech, his final speech as president, and his sort of tribute within that to Michelle. Michelle LaVon Robinson, girl of the South Side. For the past 25 years, you have not only been my wife and mother of my children, you have been my best friend. You took on a role you didn't ask for, and you made it your own with grace and with grit and with style. You made the White House a place that belongs to everybody. And a new generation sets its sights higher because it has you as a role model. So we've just heard uh, Obama talking about his and Michelle's relationship and that the importance of that kind of love and leadership co-aligned. Natalie, how did you feel when you listened to it? That for me was probably one of the best political moments um, of, of, of open authenticity. Um, both the the tear, the pause and the open affection for someone that has been on a journey with you that we will never know, that we will never understand. And it made me realise that we just don't see it in, in leadership. We don't see the supporting people. We don't see love in leadership. It's always, you know, someone running off being this big saviour type figure and this person, whether it's an entrepreneur or a, or a business person or a, a political leader, it's this person does all of the work. And we don't see the people that hold them down that keep them together so to, to turn and say you know Michelle my best friend that oh absolutely it, it, it warmed my heart uh, I tried to think about other couples or not just couples but you know referencing friends he also gave a, a whole load of love to Joe Biden who is his vice president um, and he also gave him uh, the the medal of freedom and you know it just doesn't happen I was then you know scratching my head when we started this thinking well, what's Theresa May's husband's name yeah you know I then I you know Merkel has been um married twice is is divorced but I I don't I can't sort of picture her team I'm trying to think about and other it's the leaders mutual respect that they have for each other as well yeah. it's just really nice and it was so it's so good to see a man in a very powerful position but being vulnerable so like openly close to tears not trying to hold it back I didn't feel like he was holding his emotions mm -hmm. back I must admit I didn't like it when he when he was talking to Michelle and saying you've raised my children that was the one bit I was like <laughs> no dude <laughs> It was, you know, <laughs> both of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in fairness, actually, she has raised, she's raised those kids. He's been president of the United States. But no they're his children. Yeah. <laughs> but That's yeah. true. But it was, it's beautiful. And we just don't see that. Like, you don't see that mut real mutual respect mm -hmm. there. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I can't think of any other couples. I can't think of a UK couple that have that kind of, res you know, a I suppose it's an aspirational relationship, right? Yeah. What about... What about if we were going to go UK couples with aspirational relationships? The Beckhams. 
Do you know? Come I actually, no, I, I actually think about. I thought, I thought about them, and but I was trying not to think of entertainers. But I love their relationship. Yeah, I and really I do. But I well, the, what we see I, of their exactly. relationship. Exactly, I see a media relationship. I have never seen them interact the way like that was a very public open display of love, affection and respect from Obama no, and Michelle. No, on Insta, on Insta and in yeah, interviews, but Insta's not the way real they, life. they talk about each other. I, I know, but the way they talk about each what, other, what's being portrayed. Yes, but I, I do, feel it's managed. I didn't feel yeah. that moment and that talk. That's true. Like, of course it was managed, but I didn't feel like it was staged mm. or a perception thing. It mm-hmm. felt, there was a lot of authenticity Authentic. there. I thought. I and the it. other thing that I really loved about it was that you referenced it when he gave the Medal of Freedom to Joe Biden and it really, they were like, we are a team. Mm. There was no kind of rivalry or what if you want my job or do I support you? They were a team. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an amazing thing to see at that level of leadership. Yeah, great. And also somebody, you know, you, you don't get to Obama's level by yourself. He has mm-hmm. not got there by himself. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of people who've helped him on that journey. So... Yeah, that's, it was good to see. Oh, it made my heart melt. It, but it is. It's so important. Squad. Squad. <laughs> Squad goals for 2017. <laughs> um, so, other goals for 2017. We're two weeks into January, ladies. How are we doing with our New Year's resolutions? Well, I don't have New Year's resolutions. For me, it's an ongoing thing. So, I, I will look at something in my life and go, this needs to change. This is not working for me and I'll change it. I've never... I remember having that mindset and then it was just always dysfunctional. So I'd always be like, oh, I'm going to get fit and lean in January. So then you massively overindulge in Christmas. And then January is miserable because you've got no money and you're not eating food and you're restricting calories and you're not <laughs> drinking. And now I have a constant balance. 80-20 is my rule. So I have like a constant. But I have a theme. So my theme is all about less is more. Less is more is your theme for the new year. Yeah, it's intentions. Isn't that the new trend? It's Mm -hmm. all about intentions. So, yeah, less is more. Nice. Now, if you had an intention for 2017, what is it going to be? Intent. I haven't haven't got that far. Love. Because I've just come back from my yoga retreat. I'm all about the love, honey. And you're still alive. I know. (laughs) Seriously, loving life. Um, No, I I, I need to think about it. I tried to just be present at, at the retreat. So I haven't focused on any specific intent, but equally I don't buy into the goals thing. And it, I, when I saw different magazines and at the airport coming through New Year, New You, I really felt that we're, we're, we've now taken on this commercial thing of zoning into people that you can be this new person come the 1st of January and set all of these goals because people then fail. And then they berate themselves because they fail or it raises their anxiety because they're like, oh, I need to do this and I need to be this person. And it's just not real. It doesn't work that way. I agree. And I so I actually have my birthday on New Year's Eve. So I get a double whammy of goal setting. So goal setting for New Year, goal setting for New Age. um, And I create quite strong resolutions with my friends and we set them and we come back and we revisit them each year. But you know what? This year, I'm going to be a bit more relaxed about them. I'm going to let them go because I actually think it's not great for our mental health mm-hmm. when we are so intent upon achieving stuff. And I don't know about you, but certainly I find when we're halfway through January and you're beating yourself up about what you should be doing and how you should be doing it, it gets quite depressing, yeah. which kind of explains why next week we're going to be going into the worst day of the year, Blue Monday. 
So coming up after this break, we'll be back here on the Badass Women's Hour talking about Blue Monday and how to beat it on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio, she'll get you talking. Badass Women's Hour, three women, one hour, a whole load of opinions and all the badass we can muster. I'm Harriet Minter here on Talk Radio with my fabulous co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. So before the break, we were talking about New Year's resolutions and being mid-January and the reality is we haven't really kept ours. I mean, I don't know about you ladies, but I was doing dry January and I fell off the wagon quite badly Uh-oh. on Wednesday. Uh-oh. Oh, on Wednesday? Yeah. I would be like, like six o'clock on the first. I'd have been like, right, <laughs> champagne o'clock then, everybody? <laughs> but we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to keep these resolutions and it can actually be quite damaging for our mental health. Um, next Monday... If you're feeling a little bit of weekend dread already, that's because next Monday is Blue Monday, officially the most depressing day of the year. Emma, did you feel that kind of Blue Monday self? Do you get that? I I don't now, but I definitely have done. And I think it's kind of that point. That's the trouble with New Year's resolutions, right? It's all or nothing. It's the worst time of year. Mm-hmm. But also you're trying to fast track. You're trying to just basically go from zero to hero. Like if you're getting fit, you know, where actually what I've learned as I get older is that everything is about little and little and often you know you can't you can't fast track anything and every time you do it's just it's just not good for your well-being so I think we almost set ourselves up for Blue Monday by setting all these resolutions all these really high unachievable goals that we want to achieve in like two weeks and then we don't worst time of year like this year's not great for your mindset so uh, yeah Nat, do you think we should have New Year at all? Is it is it just a bit of an abstract and weird concept? See, I was meditating on this. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> I actually, I can't um, wait for Nat to be over her New Year's resolutions. <laughs> I don't how many remember. Um, yeah, through an om, while I was candle gazing, I was thinking about all the, the different New Years. So I, like you, I, I plan... What, what I want to achieve and what I want to experience over the next year around my birthday. So for me, that's, that's New Year. But we have an Islamic New Year. We have a Jewish New Year. We have Chinese New Year. The Mayans are like, the New Year is middle of the year. It's in, in, in the summer. So we can party on the 26th of July if we want to. So, you know, if you're out there and you're thinking, oh, I've already failed at that thing. The New Year is whenever you want it to start. It's the time when you actually really commit to doing something different. It's that point where you say, right, I'm going to start that business. I'm going to look for a new job. And then you do something about it. You figure out the steps. And it's those small steps taken every day for 365 days or 100 days that makes the difference. So so why do we get so obsessed with New Year's resolutions? Because it's a fad. It's a trend. It's like everything. It's people kind of getting all hyped up with themselves and saying, this is what I commit to. and And it's that public not hysteria but it's it's that public everyone else is doing it so I feel I should too and actually it's just, just I think it's a day. distraction as well I think it's yeah. you know you have the distraction of Christmas and mm. especially if you're doing perhaps a job that you don't like 
you know, I remember my resolutions and the things I used to focus on when I was working and employed and not particularly happy and not necessarily doing all the things I love, which I'm very fortunate to be able to do now. I was much more fixated on things like New Year's resolutions because I just wanted a distraction, mm-hmm. to be honest. It's like it's something else to think about. So, Emma, when you were in that place where, you know, you, you didn't love your job, you were feeling a bit miserable and you were really feeling the Blue Monday blues, how did you manage that? What did you do to look after yourself? I think it's a lot about self-care, isn't it? You know, you, I think you have to just take a look at what makes you happy and it's it's a balance of everything. And I think in my younger days, I'd always just do the extremes and neither of those are a happy place. Mm. They, they never are. So yeah. it's been it's been a long road of kind of going, actually, what does... You know, what's the balance of doing things? You know, and sometimes you indulge in stuff, but you know, it's like Christmas. I don't overeat at Christmas. I overeat on Christmas Day, but because I haven't got the mindset of, oh, well, it's all right on the first of Jam, I'm going to go on this extreme diet, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That doesn't give me a mindset of, I'm just going to eat all the pies then. So I think, you know, it's, about it's just finding a bit of balance and moderation. Yeah, isn't that boring? But it just <laughs> makes me a lot happier. <laughs> it's, not, it's not boring. It's what you actually need to do. Yes, exactly. If you want to get But it somewhere. takes a lot of figuring out, yeah. right? You spend years torturing yourself by getting on the treadmill and the media's bombarding you and you're having all those conversations and you actually have to take a step back and go, hang a minute, none of this makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And what does make me happy, but it takes a little figuring out. Yeah. How do you do that figuring out bit now? How do you know... This is the stuff that actually genuinely kind of nourishes me on a daily basis as opposed to this is the stuff that gives me a really quick high because we all quite like those little quick highs, don't we? And that's fine. Um, so, it, But it's working out the difference between the two. So if you're actually trying to live a different life or do something differently or make a substantial shift, then you need to you need to block out the outside world and you need to sit down with yourself and say, this is something I really want to do. You need to ask yourself why you want to do it. You need to ask yourself what's the time frame for doing it. So if it's start a new job or get a new career, why? What's the time frame? Is it a year? Is it six, six months? And then you work back from that. But that isn't some external thing that you know you have to go to Facebook to and for all of this stuff in the initial stages. You just sit down with yourself. But then you know gym stuff or I'm gonna or not drinking all of that sort of stuff you know it 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 has its place and it's a lot more fun but I don't know for me it's not that long term I'm going to be a new person is there something to be said though for kind of trying something new for new year like using it as a bit of an excuse to get out of your comfort zone and do something a bit crazy have we got any kind of like new year fads or kind of things that you really fitness trends or new trends that you really want to try out this year and i think that's why we keep it in that bubble of it's just something you want to try it's, it's experiment not, it's isn't it exactly how am it's i going not, to feel I'm if i try this, this yeah. yes and not focusing on that like the denying yeah. quite often we focus on what we're not going to have rather than the like what we're going to get at the end of it exactly so i uh i do like a let's try something new um uh, and the new the, the new fitness thing at the moment is boxing Obviously, it's, it's boxing's been around for forever, uh, but in in a fitness form, it's a relatively new thing. And there's a new um, uh, style of boxing called the box method, which is where you it's it launched on the first of January. Go figure. Um, but you can watch videos of different boxing techniques, and you can do it all at home. But I was watching a few women doing it, and I thought, you don't know what you don't know right, or what you don't know right here is that you are learning also how to defend yourself 
because they're actually teaching women how to box. Uh, and I think there's something in that, that element of feeling confident because you can fight. It, yes, it's, it's okay. A, it's an, yeah, feeling it, strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was an odd kind of, hey, you're looking at me like, I'm, this I'm just is questioning crazy. whether we're suggesting that a new fitness trend for 2017 is the ability to punch someone on the nose should you wish to. Yes, I'm down with that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of people I'd like to punch in the face. Yeah, but it's just, so, but I think this is why boxing has its appeal. And I, I was speaking to a trainer about this. Um, if you don't necessarily have confidence, the, the ability to feel like you can protect yourself, that does something cognitively. Yes. Um, and, it, you know, it, it does it does get you fit. I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of boxing. Uh, so that's my new thing that I would nice. recommend trying. Emma, any new things that you're trying this new year? Well, yes. So my so every year had a theme. Last year, my whole theme was about love and sexuality. So I did a lot of reading and exploring around that. This year, it's less is more. And that is going across all my dating life so I am always experimenting with new things so I'm deciding this year that one I'm not going to do online dating and two when I do meet someone no sex for 90 days less is more gobsmacked (laughs) everyone's looking at me like no chance Emma that is not going to happen yeah hang on so no sex for 90 if you meet someone and you really love them and you think they're the greatest thing to ever hit the planet you are not sleeping with them Uh -uh. for 90 days yep what else do you do (laughs) well I mean I just think that there's like stages there's stages so can we clarify can we clarify the the stages I want to see what happens when the lust wears off if there is still a basis there for friendship because I have dated people and the lust has been there and then the lust goes and then I'm like, oh. Yeah. So when we say we're not sleeping with someone, um, so we're not having sex with them for 90 days, at what point is what, what point is it sex? I mean, is it just the tip? That's a good point. Do you know what? I don't know if I've defined all the rules around it, but there's definitely going to be like some hold, like no rushing. Less is more. No, I'm sorry. I, I need I need clarification. <laughs> oh my goodness! I I think there could be nakedness. Oh, nakedness, nakedness. is allowed. Yes, there's nakedness. No sex, but no sex. Yes. Is there? When does the ninety days start? Is it from the second you start talking to them? Is it from your first date? From the yeah, from the first date. From the first date. Yes. And what happens if on say like date five you get naked and then? things accidentally happen oh no they're not going to because <laughs> i've set an intention mm-hmm. no well no i'm interested like i'm actually interested in experiments very easy to have sex with somebody too soon well it's for me um <laughs> so i'm like okay let me try and not have sex and see what happens another way yeah nice. i like this when i actually said so what else do you do i meant in terms of hobbies personally so oh. i was like what scrabble uh, well, what, el- what, el- what else do you do? Uh, maybe you like just get to know each other as friends and do things together. But isn't there mm. something about actually that level of intimacy? You yeah, do get to I want more. intimacy. Like I want a different kind of sex, basically. Mm-hmm. And the sex that I want, I need to be really intimate with somebody and be really vulnerable with somebody. And you don't have oh, that when you don't yeah. really know someone. Oh, you yeah, should like come to the yoga retreat with oh my me. Oh my, my hip goodness. flexors are tired. They've got a whole load of emotion. <laughs> she doesn't need to flex her hips, though, does she? She's not having sex for nice days. So, and no sex for 90 days and no dating apps nah. no dating apps no can you do a dating app or are we deleting those no, as well I'm no. off the apps so yeah. my thing no apps 
Uh, and this wasn't a sort of a, a January thing. This has been a, a long time coming. No more apps. I am going back to organic, going out, meeting, talking to men. I'm going to invest in in our Fitbit idea that we had a while ago. What are where you going to make that happen? Well, I'm just going to say, ladies, when you're out and there are hot men, can you send someone a message so no, we can no, get we down there? We just need to get better at being wing, wing women. I've heard yeah, that if true. you go out in groups of three, it's much better. Because then if you're talking to a guy, they don't feel guilty for leaving your friend not speaking to anybody. So we are perfect mm-hmm. wing women. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm not sure feeling guilty for leaving your friend not speaking to anyone has ever crossed a guy's <laughs> mind when talking to a hot woman. <laughs> what should we find out? We'll do a survey maybe. Well, if he was compassionate and thoughtful. Yes, and vulnerable. Yeah. Like exactly. Obama. Obama would feel guilty, Harriet. He so yeah, would. He would. He would actually find another person for your friend yeah, to speak to. Yeah, he would. To. So we're looking for Obamas. That's the kind night. of man I'm looking for. <laughs> but I will be out looking for them on a Friday night just yeah, so you I know. Think so. Gen- Gentlemen, <laughs> I've been on Tinder for one week and I it's just too Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Too demanding. It's too demanding. And it's literally like getting on the central line at rush hour and picking a guy and going on a date with him. You know nothing about them. Like, I just have not got time. Although that's not a bad idea. It is, but I just feel like you've got to meet a lot of people. So I'll tell you a great story just before our break. A girl I met the other day on the tube on the way to break up with her boyfriend gets asked out by a guy on the tube. And he walked her to the breakup place, held her hand as she got there and said, I hope it goes well. And then he texted her afterwards to say, I hope you're okay. Let me know when you're ready and we can go out on a date. <gasps> Hashtag hot guy on a tube. <laughs> That's what we all want, gentlemen. That is what we all want. Coming up, we have our badass bulls ups. We will be solving all your problems using our combined wisdom, experience and really bad decisions. Um, We'll be talking about whether or not you should still be judged on the number of people you've slept with and should you take that job. Across the UK, online and on DAB. (laughs) Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. 
on Talk Radio. This is the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster on a whole load of badass. Um, so we are going to talk about our badass balls ups. So these are the problems that people have sent us, that told us about, and we're going to use the combined wisdom of myself, Harriet Minter, and my two fabulous co-hosts, Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell, to try and solve these problems, to try and find a solution to them. Together, we have basically over 100 years of mistakes made and bad decisions. So we're going to tell you what not to do. Uh, First question of the night. Emma, tell us, what's the first problem we're going to solve tonight? So I was chatting to my friend this week and she's just started dating this guy. And he said to her... Um, they've kind of had this conversation about going exclusive and then he was like, oh, you know, like, like, just out of interest, how many people do you think you've slept with? And she was a bit horrified. Like, she's 35. She was like, oh, I thought people stopped asking this question when I, after I was like, 16 or 18 or um so yeah <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20 you know yes when you lose your virginity at 21 uh so she's a bit taken back she's like i don't i didn't really know how to respond so she kind of lied but she was a bit like how should i have handled that like and should i even be ask answering that question i was a bit like no you should not be answering that but i was interested to hear what you two thought about that So I was thinking about this and I was trying to think, if somebody asked me that, what would I say? And I realised I wouldn't know what to say because I don't actually know what the number is. (laughs) I don't know what it is. And that's not because I have been whoring my way around London. I just feel I should throw that out there in case my mother's listening. But But even if it was, that's okay. But even if it was, that's okay. Um, But just because I've been having sex with people for over 17 years now you are a professional (laughs) (laughs) if only Emma (laughs) I'd be making the big bucks but yeah over 17 years that's a long time I barely remember what I was doing last week let alone 17 (laughs) years ago what they haven't been that memorable Harriet well you know some of them stick out for good reasons and bad (laughs) it's just I, I don't I mean I could probably work out pretty much what the number is but I don't entirely know and I sort of feel are we not beyond asking that now does it really matter like, why does anybody care sure well, I'm into the specifics I want to know I want to know who was the best oh that's what I want to know stories. yeah I want the yeah. stories I don't really care about the number and if a guy asked me it, w- it would put me off because I'd want to know why he'd want you know why does he want to know and I don't really want to know how many women he slept with but yeah I want to want to know the but best. if you asked him and he said 800 how would you feel about that it was, it's, would a high number put you off I would say when was the last time you went to the clinic yeah me too I'd be like okay so we're going to get some test results yes yeah being honest uh, you know I've just so you know when, when was your last test and uh, what, what did it say and then I'd be uh, okay fine yeah, yeah, yeah. If the test was fine, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. But what, what? How would you feel if they'd had a really adventurous sex life? Great. What are, what are they doing? Like swinging from the chandeliers? What's well, going on? I don't know. Maybe ask Trump. Trump's had quite an adventurous <laughs> time. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't mind personally. Yeah. I think are there better questions we should be asking though? So rather than asking like, how many people have you slept with? Surely a better question is what is the best time you've had in bed and how can I replicate that for you? Or what do you really like in bed? Or Yes. What's know, with that's the bed, H? Yeah. I mean. Oh, actually, true. What's with the bed? 
Let's just drop bed bit. <laughs> Is that another New Year's resolution? <laughs> I don't have resolutions, remember? Oh, no, yeah. On, on the yoga retreat, there were uh, tantric On the yoga, yoga retreat. That's been the theme of the show. Yeah. On the <laughs> they offered tantric workshops. And when I was leaving, there was a new cohort just of, of Russian tantric people. Like they wore t-shirts saying we are the Russian tantric. People. I feel like Donald Trump is really good friends with them um, too. Yeah. So they they were there and you know we could do classes and it that there were no postures per se but it was two instructors talking about how you can define and use movements within yoga to basically as a woman have seven orgasms. Unfortunately, I wasn't looking at my phone and I missed the class because I was drinking red wine in the cafe. <laughs> Uh, but I got, you know, the guys that went said it was brilliant. Yeah, tantric. And also there's a lot of rules around tantric as well and the permissions and saying yes and no. It's actually, it's very interesting. So, I mean, if yoga's down with it, then, I mean, it's completely wholesome, right? The tantric special coming up soon on Badass <laughs> Women's Hour. <laughs> so, to conclude, when asked, to conclude the question on what's your number, I think the answer is don't ask. Don't ask the question. Ask better questions. Like, okay, how can I give you more pleasure yeah. rather than yeah better questions yes the questions that emma will be asking lots in her 90 day yes rule. i've got 90 days i could have a whole questionnaire really in that time couldn't i one a day <laughs> now we've talked a bit about this already on the show but it's obviously we're in january everyone's kind of screwing up a little bit on their resolutions so we've got a particular question about that nat so my friends um think that i'm someone that makes lots of goals and always knows what it is that I want to do um, and so one of my friends said whenever she says she's going to do something people don't necessarily take her seriously how can she stay focused on her intentions her goals and actually make them happen to prove people wrong um, and I think it is it's a valid question there are people out there thinking how I've said I'm going to do this thing because I want to do it how how do I do it Emma how do you stick to a goal you really want to do uh, well, I think you need you need people around you that are kind of accountable. You need to put it out there that that's what you what you want to achieve. Because uh, if it's just in your head, it's very easy for you to go, well, "I've changed my mind about that." So being accountable is really good. But also um, focusing on what that's going to bring you and how that's going to feel. It's just there's too much short term on what you're going to lose from trying to do something different or a different behaviour or, you know, how that goal is going to stretch you in some way and feel uncomfortable. So you have to really focus on the pleasure at the end. You have to basically trick your brain. You have to do some mind hacking. Mm. I think mind hacking is quite, it's a great term for it, which is sort of tricking your brain because I do that because I'm a absolute commitment phobe I really don't like commitment in any way shape or form and so I have a kind of six week maximum for anything that's why I can't remember my number six week maximum <laughs> for anything and so after six weeks I get bored so I tell myself every long-term goal I actually just break down into six week steps and I look at it as what am I going to do in this six weeks the other thing and this is so important give yourself a reward mm. like yes. rewards nice, and celebrations nice big reward a massage buying champagne something expensive wednesday. champagne wednesday yeah. yeah yeah even if they're small things like i might treat myself to i don't know a little luxury treat it might be less than 10 pounds but it's still a bit of a luxury item that i don't do all the time but even those little things are all good aren't they yeah what happens if you fall off the goal wagon what happens now if you set something out you've told everyone you're going to do it and it's just not happening be kind to yourself if it's not happening it's not happening you can always start again 
basically you were not on the plane thinking you were dying and you're alive. <laughs> um, so you have tomorrow. You can start again tomorrow. It's really being kind to yourself. If a goal that you're not achieving starts to build up into an anxiety, then you really need to look at it because that's the dangerous spin that you don't want to happen. Um, but I, I agree with what you were saying. It's accountability. Talk to people. Find other people that might want to achieve something similar and b- let them support you. Uh, you know, Going back to love and leadership, that support system, having someone that's got your back or when you do get it wrong saying, it's okay, there's always tomorrow, that is key. Yeah. And so one resolution that I think a lot of people are going to have this new year is to get a new job. We don't need that resolution, lady, because we've got one here at Talk Radio. (laughs) Um, But lots of other people are going to have get a new job. And one of my friends has sent me this problem that she's got, which is she has been offered a new job. She's been offered it and she's very excited about it. And it is a big step up for her. It's a really big and exciting job. But it's also going to come with a lot of pressure, a lot of hours, a lot of traveling. And she said she's actually already burnt out. She's already exhausted by the work she's been doing. She's Mm. kind of had enough already. She knows she wants the job, but the thought of just taking on all that extra pressure is almost making her hide under a duvet. Should she take it or not? What do we think, Emma? I think it depends on the job. I think, first of all, when you're feeling really burnt out already, should it be taken on the job? Like, there's some work to do there in terms of just understanding stress, managing stress, because you know, what is this job that's making that will allow her to fly around the world? If it is an incredible job that is going to take her to the next level, you want to be able to do that, but to do anything in life. I mean, you know, even Obama, how on earth do you think he runs a country without challenging and looking at himself, how he manages stress? You know, that's all within our control, but quite often we don't, and it limits us because she could stay in her comfort zone and go, I can't cope with it, I'm burnt out, when actually what she needs to be doing is addressing that burnout that would help her, you know, excel in her career. Yeah. Nat, do you agree? I, I agree, but I also think it goes, I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, actually. It goes, where, where is the stress coming from? I know lots of women that, and men actually, that they, they're doing a job and they're, going, they're giving 150%, they're going 60 million miles an hour because they think someone else is expecting them to deliver all of these results when that person's not even really looking. So they're putting all of this pressure on themselves. So she putting the pressure on herself to perform and to please and mm. to go over and above and say yes to every work trip and work late. Or is it the culture of the business? So she needs to then understand that about the next place you're going to. Is the culture, you know, working late and and being present when you don't necessarily need to be? Will she just be heightening everything that, that she's just come from? Or does the pressure come from herself? That's the first stage. The second stage, I think, I, you know, if it's a job that she wants and she loves, she should take it. But it's then thinking about why. What is the end goal with this job? What is she trying to create for her life? What's her purpose? You know, I, I'm sure we'll talk about purpose a lot on this show, but what's her purpose? What is she trying to get to? And is this job enabling her to get one step closer to to, to that and to have these amazing experiences? Um, and lastly, I would say she should come along to my classes, The Badass Principle, <laughs> to find out how to remove the barriers and blockers that are standing in her way. And I think also there's something I said to her about being a bit of a diva with it. Like, mm. actually say to them, if they want you ask for what you want so you say yeah I'm going to come and do this job actually I only want to do it four days a week or I want to make sure that when I travel I travel in first class or that you give me an extra 10 days holiday a year Mm -hmm. like be a bit of a diva and ask for more that's going to look after you what is the most ridiculous thing you've ever asked for from an employer anyone 
I would just to have everything my own way. Yeah. Well, it's not ridiculous. It's what I want. Yeah. And so, yeah, everything. I ask for everything. I didn't, but I would now. I would now. But I I remember asking for a four-day week, and that seemed really audacious. But I could only ask for that because I was indifferent about the job. I had a fairly good job, and I was only going to take the job if they gave me the four-day a week. So I was in a really powerful negotiating position. But, yeah, where now I think I'd be much more like a diva. So in my first job, I had a boss who really loved shoes. He was really into women's shoes. Not for himself, but on the women around him. (laughs) Okay. and In a healthy way. Well, you know, I don't want to define health. We're open-minded on this show. And so I said to him, if I do this project and I do it really well, will you buy me a pair of Christian Louboutins? And he said, yes. And I did it and he bought them for me and they're still beautiful. Still love them today. Well, I've just been reminded um, by our producers that actually one of my requests was sort of turned down or or put on hold. Uh, And for the listeners out there, it's a soundboard. I would like a soundboard that contains all of the sounds that I hear in my head when I'm talking, usually music. And if you would like to hear the things that go on in my head and therefore think that I should have a soundboard, please tweet and message us. I am at Nat D. Campbell so I can show them each week so I can get my soundboard. I feel like we need a hashtag (laughs) or like some campaign. I don't Emma, know. don't encourage her. <laughs> no, we do not much, need this. We do not need this. So that's our badass balls up for this week. If you have a problem that you'd like us to solve or maybe just have a little laugh with, um, you can tweet us and tell us about them. You can tweet the whole show at the Badass Women's Hour, which hour is HR. Twitter and their character limit. What can you do? That's Badass Women's Hour, HR. Or you can tweet me at Harriet Minter, Emma at at Emma Sexton and Nat at Nat D. Campbell and we will give you all the wisdom we have available coming up after the break we are going to be talking about the one woman you should absolutely know about this week and the incredible things that she achieved in her life and we are also going to be giving you a principle to live the rest of your week by Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio she'll get you talking Talk Radio and you're listening to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm here with Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. So now we are going to be looking at our backdated badass, a woman from history that you should really know more about. And I am a big fan of this week's choice. Emma, tell us about her. Yeah, this week we had to do this really. It was it's Claire Hollingsworth who died this week, aged 105, which is pretty incredible. So for those of you who don't know uh, Claire's story, she is a or was a veteran British war correspondent, and she was the woman who broke the news of the Nazi invasion of Poland, which was basically the scoop of the century. But she also went on to report from Vietnam, Algeria, and the Middle. So she's really like frontline war reporter, which is really incredible and pretty badass, I think. Um, but what you didn't know until you sort of read some of the more in-depth uh, interviews about her last week is that before she was a reporter, she actually helped rescue thousands from Hitler's forces by arranging British visas for them all. So, you know, that's a really incredible thing to do. 
She also escaped death in 1946. A bomb exploded in her hotel when she was staying in Jerusalem. So she, like you, Natalie, had a near-death experience. (laughs) Um, But she's, you know, been really inspirational, especially for signed women in the media, because she's really kind of paved the way and really kind of proved that being a woman wasn't an obstacle in terms of doing that job. So, yeah, pretty incredible woman. Absolutely incredible. Even today, foreign correspondence is generally seen as a man's job. It's much harder to get into it if you're a woman, particularly if you want to go to the serious conflict areas. And for her to be doing it in the 1940s is just absolutely incredible. So I worked for a news organisation prior to this and if I look around, I was honest, like the number of women in the foreign correspondence roles is much, much smaller. So her effect on women and media is huge. I was going to say the journalists that come to mind for me though, Lindsay Hilsom and Kate Ady, growing up, those two women on the screen in conflict zones, bombs going over their head, of all the journalists male and female that's that, that stick out in terms of the ones on the ground not necessarily in studios those two women I just adore one of my kind of favourite memories is Kate Hady who went to the same university as I did coming to do a talk and bringing her flak jacket with her oh, wow. usually like, and just being able to hold it and be like mm-hmm. oh my gosh it's Kate Hady Kate Hady scarf or Lindsay Hilson has a scarf it's, it's, yeah, yeah it's the scarf so. yeah do we think now you've worked in the media for a long time as well do you think it's easier now for women today as it have role models like Claire and Kate Hady and the others have they paved the way or are we still fighting through the rubble you know so I studied journalism in 2009 I think I graduated in 2009 from City uh shout out to all the City TV cadgers and I worked in newsrooms so I worked at Channel 4 I went to Washington and I did the news desk and it's hard going and you know the women if I'm being honest, they weren't for me running stuff. And that's why I decided not to pursue it as a career. Because all you'd go into the production meetings and the men spoke. And, you know, every now and then a woman would get to pitch in, but they mainly wrote notes. And I was just, this is not a life for me. I cannot do this because it's so hierarchical. And, you know, at the time I was like, well, Jim Gray's not going anywhere, so I'm never going to run the newsroom. See you later. (laughs) Uh, and I, has it changed? I think it's amazing that Sarah Jane Mee is presenting um, on on Sky and she's got a flagship breakfast show. But we're still few and far between. And when you watch the credits roll on news programming, it's still a man's name at the end. And so until we have more women's name at the end, no, we're still scratching around in the rubble. And I think the other thing is actually talking about Sarah Jane Mee, she's this very beautiful, you know, very beautiful, blonde, glamorous presenter taking over from Eamon Holmes, who, you know, has many great qualities, but is maybe not one of the world's greatest lookers. And there's still that double standard for women, particularly in news. You have to look a certain way. Emma, do you agree? Yeah, there is. I mean, there's always been. Society just puts so much emphasis on the way that, that women look and they get judged on it all the time. You know, even Obama in his speech was talked about Michelle Obama leading with, like, style and I couldn't help but go, is that a reference to, to how she looks? I don't know. Like, I just feel like women are constantly judged on how they look. People want to see aesthetically pleasing women on TV. and But guys, there doesn't seem to be... Well, there is not the same same standard of aesthetics expected from them at all i suppose that is changing a little bit now we're very aware of you know men are very aware of what they look like and there's many more kind of products aimed at them much more marketing pushed towards them but certainly in the serious subjects when we're looking at news when we're looking at foreign correspondence at war correspondence 
what you look at does not seem to be that big a priority now. Oh, sorry, can I just... The, it's because you guys have not seen James Longman. Now, James Longman is a friend of mine, uh, so I can say this. I perv on him all the time. Uh, he is a BBC correspondent and he is the most beautiful, hot man you will ever see. And I think there was even a, a sort of a Daily Mail campaign saying, you know, who is James Longman? How come this guy is not on my radar? He is I'm gonna be delightful. Um, <laughs> is that objectification? Yes, it probably is. James, I love you. You know I do. Um, so, yeah, I think there are standards on both sides. I think, you know, we can bring age into this. For some of the older male correspondents, they, they haven't needed to look a certain way but I think for the younger ones coming through they, they, they probably do I think the challenge is is that as, as news organisations we, 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 we are pointed to the aesthetic more and more and we're going down the American line of everyone being glossy and glamorous but it's you know I've got new hair. I'm I'm all about the glamour at the moment. <laughs> but, I mean, age is a real problem, right? Because what we know is, I think it's something like less than one percent of presenters on TV shows are women over fifty. Mm. So not only for women is there a looks criteria, there's also an age criteria. How do we break through that and have more brilliant women like Claire Hollingsworth reporting over 50, 60, 70, 80 and onwards? We demand it. We and um, we set up our own um, channels. So we've, you know, the pool is run by a team of women. We need. It, if if the mainstream doesn't offer it, we create our own. Mm. We are fifty percent. We spend a lot of money. Advertisers know where we are, so we don't have to keep banging down the door of the mainstream. As much as I love my talk radio family, <laughs> uh, you know there are always other options. So Emma, would you want to see more women of an older age on TV? Because like, can we talk about Emma? Is what? 40. 40. 40. See, if I had a soundboard, I'd have been able to make What song would you have sounds. played for that? I woke up like this. <laughs> Flawless. You, yeah, exactly. It's just, I just want the segment. I don't need the whole bit. We'll get you the soundboard. Emma! Stop giving in to the demands. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, um, yeah, we definitely need more. I, you know, I just want to see more diversity. I'm a big... I just want to see people being their true, authentic selves. And you can be, you know, an incredible... Like Helen Mirren, for instance. Like, when I grow up, I actually have a Pinterest board called When I Grow Up. And whenever I see an image of a woman looking amazing, and there's the Instagram uh, feed, advanced style, like whenever I see a woman who is like 50 plus even 80s 90s who just seems to be rocking it I'm like I want you on my Pinterest board mm. and I start following them like Baddie Winkle for instance say, yeah. oh I love Baddie amazing. Winkle yeah. amazing incredible her, her tagline on Twitter has been stealing your man since like 1939 <laughs> I'm like yes Baddie yes <laughs> so if you want to see more brilliant women in the media coming forward and changing the face of it we will actually be running a Badass Women's Hour event on this topic called Media Mavericks on the 7th of February at 6.30pm at the W Hotel London. And you can follow any of us on Twitter for details of it or follow the Badass Women's Hour on Twitter at Badass Women's Hour HR. Um, and we will be tweeting all our details and how you can get tickets there. Um, so every week we like to leave you with a principle for the week, something to think about, bring into your lives and encourage you to be a little bit more badass. So we have one for you this week, and Nat is going to tell us about it. So the badass principle for this week celebrates our arrival, uh, and it is celebrate family. And it, so for me, that means celebrating you guys, <laughs> but also our 
talk radio family whoop whoop see if i had a soundboard uh and you know we've just come off the back of of the holiday season i think it's important to to take stock if we do take stock of anything over the course of the year take stock of the people that are around us give them a hug give them a kiss not before 90 days and not with tongues not with tongues um but really celebrate family Emma, how do you celebrate family? And also, what does family mean for you? So I I guess I kind of feel like I have two families. I always obviously have my blood family and they're super important to me because that is unconditional love and support. You know that I'm very fortunate that I have a family. My mum and dad would be there for for me for whatever, hopefully. Um, But then there's also my other family, which is my great friends, like you two, like people that I really feel are there for me, that I can be my honest self with. They're not going to, like, judge me. They're there for me. They're there for me in the good times and also the bad times. So I think there's, like, your blood family, but then there's also the family that you pick. So they're really important to me. They're my squad that's what we call like the urban family urban family the yes. urban family so yeah. particularly if you've moved from where you live to a big city you need those people around you to kind of look after you um i do remember on my 30th birthday being quite drunk and one of my friends taking me in a cab home and literally passing me from the cab to my flatmate who was already at home and from her arms into my flatmate's arms as i desperately tried to explain how much I loved them by telling them they were my family and she just passed her over and went yeah she's your problem now look after (laughs) (laughs) and I think that is true family there so we want to celebrate those people this week we hope you've enjoyed the show we have loved being here and we'll be here every Saturday night at 8pm the badass women's hour three women one hour all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass that's all we've got time for this week a special thanks to Frank and Lively the London based content agency who've lent us our fabulous crew to film our inaugural live show visit them at frankandlively.com Coming up next, we have Later with Dr. Pam Spur, Sex Relationships and Celebrity Show. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can listen again at talkradio.co.uk and you can find our podcast on iTunes and Audio Boom. Search The Badass Women's Hour. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.